25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Monday it is. That's what I'm talking about. Monday, Monday. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. Fast service, friendly service. It's the way it ought to be, really, right, in anything. It ought to be fast. It ought to be friendly. Some things faster than others. But under any circumstance, the service should be friendly. (laughs) And uh, that's what you get with Farm Bureau. You get to deal with somebody one-on-one. It's somebody you know. You know, they sometimes are called the hometown heroes. And it's because they show up in the middle of the night when you have that fender bender. Or something happens over at your house. You know, or like you say, God forbid you have a a need to to call on your life insurance that you've been paying, but sometimes that's it. why you pay those premiums. And so it's so nice when your agent is somebody you know personally. You know their face. You have their cell phone number. And that's the way it is at Farm Bureau. Also, this show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer-inspired at C Spire. You can get a new phone. You can sign up for C Spire. You can switch. You can switch over from another carrier, get all kinds of deals. But also, if you're just, you're maybe already set up and you have the phone you like and you bust it, you drop it, you crack it, take it into C Spire locations across the state. They'll fix it for you. Certified phone repair locations at C Spire stores. Walk in, hand them your phone, say, I need it fixed. And most times they can fix it while you wait. And that's it. Welcome into the show on a Monday. Plenty of coffee in the thermos, and uh, check it out. As far as football goes, as far as college football goes, we're about to get into the um, the time of year we all look forward to. It'll be here soon, less than two months away from kickoff. But also in terms of coverage and preview, we're about to really get into it, down to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of things. So anyways, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Thank you, Nacho. That's right. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. So what we're about to do, uh, in fact, this week is a little bit of a lead-up. There's plenty going on in the sports world. Uh, But this week you've got uh, some previewing. On this show, you're still going to have lots of uh, teams that are in the countdown uh, to the start of the season, to the start of the college football season, continuing our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days leading up to the start of the year. Today, on this Monday, is we're actually at 50, where are we? Three? No, four. 54. So that's it. We are at 54 today on the countdown. 
Team number 54. It's somebody you know very well. I promise you that. But 54 days from August the 31st. So, yes, you're less than that to actually watching some some games because there's some teams around the country that kick off the week earlier. But everybody around here is going to begin the season on the 31st. Uh, so we're 54 days away from that. And um, we'll have team number 54 today. But along with that, since it is Monday, coming off what was a holiday week last week, I hope everybody enjoyed your July the 4th holiday last Thursday. Of course, this show and many others were uh, not on the air on Friday either. So it's been several days since I've been with you on the air. Um, And that means we've missed a bunch. We have on today's show, in the countdown, five different teams to make up. Teams number 54, 55, 56, 57, and 58 going all the way back to uh, last Thursday. So I'm going to get a bunch of that in. It's a lot of fun, too, because some good teams, some good programs, some interesting stuff. You look at schedules. And the other thing is, if you're tuning into this and you've heard us uh, throughout the summer already count down these teams and preview them when they're on the list, what I use as a guide, as a gauge, I don't sit down and make a list of 100 teams and rank them in any certain order. What I generally go by is the ESPN Football Power Index. may or may not be familiar with it. It's not something that I look at as any kind of accurate poll whatsoever. Okay, Polls are just not accurate. They are dubious at best until you get about maybe the last month of the season when you can pretty well size everybody up. But at this point of the year, preseason, even the first month of the football season, nobody really knows. The polls are just, well, it's silly. I agree totally with David Cutcliffe that there shouldn't be any poll, AP or college football playoff or otherwise, until about three, four, five weeks into the season. But regardless, the college football playoff poll does it right, let everybody play and then rank them. The AP stuff, the preseason stuff, it's just it's it's a pile of you know what. But <laughs> what this ESPN ESPN Football Power Index does, FPI, is it puts a hundred or more teams. I guess all of the Division One football playing teams are on that list in some shape, form, fashion. So if you go all the way back to May, I was using that list. Well, what they did over the weekend is they took down and did away with the 2018 final FPI and switched it over to the 2019 preseason FPI, Football Power Index. And so that's now what we're going to use the rest of the way. It means that on some of these days with some of these numbers, you know, there's a chance that there could be a repeat, but I'll just make an executive decision on those, whether I want to get back into it or not. Like, for instance, there's only one team that I'm going to touch on today in the countdown that was discussed earlier, way back towards the beginning of this thing. But it's been so long ago, nobody remembers anyway. <laughs> All the rest of them are new in the countdown coming up today, and then that means we'll be caught up with one team per day going forward, at least um, for a few days anyway. The other thing that I want you, as a listener of this show, to hear, a reminder, this time next week, this show will be broadcasting live from Radio Row in Hoover, Alabama, for SEC Media Days. 
It all begins on Monday. Probably get in there Sunday night, but it all begins on Monday. You'll have coaches, players, and stuff. The Mississippi teams around here are Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Matt Luke and Ole Miss with a couple of players will make an appearance and do interviews and such. Wednesday, it'll be Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State. They'll wrap it up on Thursday. I will probably not hang around and be there Thursday for whoever it is. I'll just go for the first three days. I think that's what the schedule is going to allow, but we'll see. We'll see. Just giving you a heads up, though. This time next week, when you listen to this show, you hear all kinds of commotion and noise and probably some interviews and stuff going on at the Winfrey Hotels. Is the Winfrey? They changed it. It's the Winfrey. No, it's not the Winfrey anymore. It's the Hyatt, isn't it? Whatever it is, it used to be right there. It's in Hoover at the Galleria Mall, and that's where we'll be next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Again, you can be a part of the show. Here's uh, one way to do it. You can call the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. You're in business that long, you have to be doing it right. That's pretty much just the way it is. Say it another way, you're not in business that long if you don't do it right. They're doing it right at Divini. And you can check them out. Kubota, Red Max, big stuff, commercial, medium-sized, residential, even right on down to hand tools, everything in between. Anything you need, advice, just go in for advice. Divini Equipment. You can also test, uh, text the show, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, text away. Love to hear from you that way. And on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt, it's always available to you. All right. Let me give you uh, something that popped up on the radar, for me anyway, over the weekend. College football attendance numbers. They continue to trickle down. Have you noticed this? In fact, um, that's the trend. We all know it. Nationally, the attendance trends across the board nationally in college football have been trending down. Trends have been trending down. That's redundant. Attendance has been trending down for uh, many years nationally. We've known that. However, around here, we just haven't felt it quite the same way, have we? No, we have not. The Southeastern Conference, as a whole, collectively, uh, has experienced you know healthy attendance and up until recently, had not experienced much of a decline. But that's starting to change, too. If you look at the FCS level, we don't really feel it a whole lot around here. I'll go ahead and give you a hint. Jackson State leads the FCS in attendance. They do not get enough credit for that. Have a huge stadium right there, Memorial Stadium in Jackson, and they support football at Jackson State. But things are starting to even change around here a little bit. So this thing where conferences could see it coming five years ago, and they started putting together these committees to see what they had to do to kind of head this thing off down the line, it's a good thing they tried to, but still across the board, not sure they are heading off the drop in college football attendance. So I'm going to ask you a question, and while you think about it, now I'm going to give you some numbers. 
What's the solution? <laughs> now, if you or I could come up with a definitive answer and just hand it over, we could sell it for a lot of money. But we are all part of the answer because we experience it in different ways. You might be a fan, you buy season tickets. You might not be. Maybe you normally, for most of the years, you buy two or three tickets to games. If you're like me, maybe you work them and you just kind of observe attendance. But what is the solution to declining attendance across the board in college football? That's the question. Here are the numbers that, that are why the question is being asked. Um, look at the, the, the entire thing. Across 129 football bowl subdivision teams, FBS, in 2018, the average attendance, 41,856. All right, so just call it right at, average it, round it up to 42,000 per game. If you look at the exact number, last year, the lowest average attendance across college football since 1996. That's one year after last year in 2017, or two years ago now, the average per school drop in attendance was the largest in 34 years. Now, of the top 30 schools going back two years ago in attendance, 20 of those top 30 attended football schools, 20 of them, 20 of the 30, either stayed the same or went down. A majority of the most attended football schools in the country in 2017 either stayed the same or saw a decline last year. We're going to see the same thing this year as well. You know it and I know it. There will be another decline. It's just going to happen. We know that. You know, the Pac-12 is probably the worst in the Power Five in terms of declining attendance. Um, in Last year, 2018 season, the Pac-12, lowest average attendance since 1982. 82. The average per team drop was over 3,000 per stadium. That was the largest among FBS conferences. This is all 2018, last year. So those are some numbers. I'm throwing numbers at you there. That illustrates the drop across the board. But what if you look at it more specifically? What if you were to take a look at just like the numbers a little more specifically, like look at the conferences against each other. So just hold on to that thought. Yes, across the board for the second straight year, significant drops across the board in all college football. In attendance. That's going to be student attendance, people buying tickets, everything. The Southeastern Conference, the SEC. Let's just look at the SEC. In 2018, last season, the SEC had a drop in average attendance across the board. Now, it was only a little over, if you average the entire conference, a little over 1,000 fans per game on average. Obviously, some schools stayed the same. Some had an increase. Some had a decrease. You know, But if you average the conference, still, the SEC as a whole saw a drop. 
The Big 12 and the ACC are the only conferences that had a a little bit of an increase in average attendance, but it's only by about 100 fans. Like nothing. There were significant drops in the SEC and in Pac-12. Now still the SEC is still the number one attended league across the board, but they saw a decline in the SEC. That's after they saw a decline in overall attendance the year before in the SEC. So before I get too far down the road, what I'm doing right now as we look at this story of declining attendance in all of college football is I'm I'm establishing, I'm kind of setting it up for you here so you understand. This is information. Think about the SEC. In 2014, remember that? State and Ole Miss were number one in the conference. I mean, number one in the state was number one in the country there for a while, ranked anyway. Rankings, whatever. Ole Miss was number two, number three. Big years. That's That year. Dak Prescott, that year. 2014. The SEC saw a big boost in attendance. In 2015, in 2015, the conference set a record. They were setting records, set an all-time record for attendance across the league in 2015. In 2016, they saw another improvement. And then all of a sudden it started going down. 2017 a drop. 2018 a drop. So it it peaked four years ago, you know, four or five years ago, and has begun to now come back downhill in terms of attendance in the SEC. That's a fact. That's where we are. Now, what are the reasons for it? And I can give you stuff specific to State and Ole Miss if you wanted that. You know, if you look at last season, the 2018 season, State and Ole Miss were in the top 30 in the country in home attendance. Home game attendance. State and Ole Miss both in the top 30 in the country. State was number 26. Ole Miss was number 30. This is at the this is at the NCAA website. In 2018, State number 26 in the country averaged 58,057. Ole Miss was number 30 in the country, averaging 55,000. It's pretty good around here. When you consider that you have two FBS schools 90 miles apart in a state with less than 3 million people that average in the top 30 in the country in home attendance on top of the number one attended FCS school, Jackson State, they lead the country in the FCS in attendance. Way over 20,000 people per game. Pretty good around here. But again, we're talking about the national average stuff. It is dropping, it is dropping, it is dropping. Now, what are the reasons? you got to figure out the reasons to figure out what the solution is. If you're a conference you know, commissioner, if you're a school president, if you're an athletics director, any kind of administrator, you've been trying to figure this out. You've been seeing it coming. And there's all kinds of research and information out there. A lot of it is led... A lot of it is led by the NFL because they went through this also. Do you know what they are finding across all levels of sports that is really important 
for people. When they do surveys, when they do interviews, when they take data from people that are trying to let them know what is a huge thing for people attending games or whether or not they want to go, or that, that it's almost like a must. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's 2019. It's Wi-Fi. Now, I'm not kidding you. A lot of the data, especially they've found in the NFL, it's connectivity at the games for you as a fan on your phone. It's almost like, like they say, it's not a matter of this is a luxury. This is something that's going to pull them in. I mean, it's almost the same as a seat and uh, a parking space. It's something you must have (laughs) to make sure people come to your games. If you don't have it, it's becoming a barrier. It's just expected now. That's the way it is. They might as well get used to that. Just the way it is. But there's so many other things as well. So that's what I'm going to do with you next. I've kind of set it up for you. There is an issue. Um, Slowly but surely, steady, drop in attendance across the country. And now, for the last two years, now it's being felt in the SEC. We're going to get to it next. Some of the reasons. And maybe solutions. I don't know, but certainly some of the reasons. You can chime in as well. Let me know. On this Monday, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. Back with you on this Monday, I'm Matt. Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents that you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face, right there in the home community. Somebody you probably already know, probably already know them well. That's Farm Bureau, the hometown hero. All right, um, you can be a part of the show. Why don't you hit me up on Twitter? That'd be good. I'm Radio Wyatt, at Radio Wyatt. This time next week, we're going to be at the beach. No, I'm wrong. That's this week. This time next week, we're going to be at SEC Media Days. Lord, I get it all mixed up. Yeah, it's SEC Media Days next week, um, Monday through Thursday of next week. Um, This time next week, I'll be there doing the show. I'm not sure about that last day. I don't know if I'll stick around till Thursday because a lot of the interest around here will be for State and Ole Miss, and they'll be uh, taking the podium and answer questions and all that kind of stuff at Media Days on Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. But for the better part, we'll be there. So uh, just a heads up, giving you a heads up. Looking forward to it. Also, giving you a heads up later in the show, plenty of football teams to preview. It's a part of the countdown. 100 teams in 100 days. We are 54 days away right now from August the 31st. So definitely looking forward to that. On the previous conversation, a lot of stuff, texts and tweets and all that kind of stuff um, about 
dwindling attendance across college football. Look, I can only imagine some of myself that I work the games. You know, I, I'm I'm on the radio broadcast crew for Mississippi State, so it's uh, I just don't get the same experience that you do as a fan, which also includes you know you you're buying tickets, you're buying season tickets for you and your family. You know, if you're getting season tickets and you got four members, maybe. You know, mom, dad, two kids, it's four different season tickets, right? I mean, so you're buying a lot of tickets. It's a major investment. If you live two, three hours away, you're seven weekends out of the year driving up, driving back. Some of those, you're going to have an 11 a.m. game. We have to leave really early if you're going to try to tailgate before the game. If it's a 6 p.m. game, you're leaving really late after breaking down the tailgate to get back home um, on a Saturday night. I'm just assuming you try to get home so you can get to Sunday school on Sunday morning. I'm just assuming that's what you do. (laughs) But it's a major cost. That is one of the reasons. Ticket prices in a lot of places around the country continue to go up. I think if you were to look closely, in fact, I know this. If you were to look closely, the, the schools out there, you take a Mississippi State, you know, some of the others that are... A, that, that have been able to continue to see a little growth in attendance or at least holding their ground is those schools are finding unique ways to package and sell their tickets. And it ain't necessarily about money. There may be some who are lowering, lowering ticket costs. They're figuring out unique ways to get students in the stadium. But also some of those who've done well in terms of not experiencing significant attendance drops They've had some factors, like a really good team coupled with some forethought and insight and putting in strong Wi-Fi and connectivity in and around their stadiums. They've done that here in the state of Mississippi. C Spire has been a huge part of that on college campuses, a huge part of it. You know, I'm a C Spire guy, and I go to game day at Mississippi State, I'm sitting in a press box up on top of 60,000 people, I don't have any issues at any point during the day with my phone because of C Spire on campus at Mississippi State. That's just the truth. I'm not pumping up a sponsor. I'm telling you my experience. But that's a big reason. But I think the biggest reason, everybody knows this, it's really not debated that the biggest thing that draws fans away from the on-campus experience is television. It's this tremendous catch-22 for the schools and for the the administrators. What do you mean by catch-22, Matt? Well, here's what I mean. The SEC and therefore its schools are raking in the money because of the big television contracts. I mean, it's gotten to the point it's not going anywhere. State and Ole Miss are getting huge checks from the conference as a part of the TV revenue thing. Not to mention their own network, but these CBS and ESPN deals to carry the live sporting events, and football drives it more than any other sport. ESPN and CBS are handing over millions and billions of dollars across these contracts to the conference to have the rights to carry their games. And then that money then is in turn distributed to the schools in one shape, form, fashion. It is huge deal. So what does TV do? TV, therefore, They want the live sporting events. It's their money makers. 
It's the one consistent, continued draw for TV advertising dollars. Everybody wants to advertise during the SEC on CBS <laughs> on fall Saturdays. Football in the NFL, same thing. It always has and always will move the needle in terms of television. So television just gobbles up, pays whatever they have to pay to get the rights to carry the events. It's so lucrative for the schools. But what happens is now television is carrying so many games that they have to put them in all kinds of time slots on all kinds of platforms and channels. So you as a fan, I'm 42 years old. When I was a kid, there might be three games on all weekend, period. The rest of them, hopefully you could pick it up on the radio. If not, you just had to wonder what happened. Now, 40 years later, I can watch any game I want, period. Any game in the country, watch it, period. Record it. But they have to put them in different time slots for live broadcast. So now, fans don't want to go to 11 a.m. games in early September. It's hot. They just don't want to do it. It's tough. Fans want a 6 p.m. game that they can tailgate before. Drive up that day and tailgate ahead of time. So the television deals are so lucrative for the schools and the conferences, but it's taxing on the fans because of time slots. And on top of that, as a fan, you can put a television in your house, get a million different replays, use your own bathroom. There's no waiting line. The beverages in the fridge are always cold. And you can take a nap at halftime. And oh, by the way, it's air-conditioned in your house. And oh, by the way, as soon as that game's over, flip over, check the other. Wi-Fi always works at your house. You can stream several games while you're watching the other one on television, right? I mean, so the home viewing experience is starting to take over for a lot of people because they eliminate travel costs. Ticket costs, waiting lines, lack of comfort, all those things. It's a luxurious thing now. TVs are cheap, HD. The TV home viewing experience for college football now is so good. And it's making a dent in the attendance across the country. We're not seeing tens of thousands of people less but across the board, it's a steady decline. It's happening year over year. They're trying to figure it out. So what is the answer? Number one, lower the ticket prices. As the revenue for the schools goes up from TV contracts, you're going to have to just bite the bullet and offset that as a school. You have no choice. You're going to have to offset that as a school by lowering ticket prices. <laughs> It may put a dent in the bottom line. But what you can't do is have empty stadiums because that starts to have the residual effect on recruiting future players, students, and everything. You've got to have full stadiums. That's one thing you have to do. The other thing you have to do is you got to make it a party. Every time I come on campus for a game, it needs to be a memorable, fun, light your hair on fire, can't believe how fun that was experience. And it can't just be the game. It better be the band and everything else. Stick around.
Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Yeah, so they're doing all they can, but I still think things may be getting better soon for you as a um, fan who's buying tickets and going to college football games. I really believe that. That I think the in-stadium experiences are just going to continue to get better. They're great right now. You already right now, you go to an SEC game, you're getting experiences that you just – it's not – Available to you if you're at home watching it on your television. The noise, the in-game, all that. They're doing a good job with video boards, trying to connect you to other games and scores. Uh, the schools, they, they, they've they just got to work with the data providers, you know, companies like C Spire. The schools got to fork it out. Now, they talk about, you'll read things where they'll say, boy, it really is expensive to try to figure out how to make all this data, streaming data, you know, available on people's smartphones while they're in the stadium. I don't care what it costs. It, whatever it costs, you have to have it. <laughs> That's all it is. Period. It's like as a as a university, you want students to live on campus. Guess what you have to have? On campus dormitories that are nice. They've got to be attractive. They've got to be competitive in price and nicer, and, and you got to give them a reason to live there. Period. You want them to live on campus? What you got to have. You want students in your stadium on game day? Guess what? Wi-Fi. Better have it. Period. End of story. It's expensive. Spend it. You got plenty of money. I'm talking to the big boys. Plenty of money. Not everybody does have plenty of money. But if you got the money, spend it. You got coaches making ten million dollars a year. You know what? Put dadgum Wi-Fi in your stadium for everyone. <laughs> you better do it. And you know, highlight the band. Do things that are fun for people to come to before and after games. Coordinate it with the town and have stuff that brings them in. Figure out better concessions, make them cheaper. State did that. All those things are adding to the experience in the stadium for fans, and it's going to get better because the numbers are dropping and competing with the in-home TV experience is tough. All right, and uh, one note on that. I I threw this in there earlier. Uh, FCS, average attendance, so we're talking about 1AA, FCS, right? That also saw a drop in attendance. 4.5% last year from the year before, but Jackson State, the FCS attendance leader, averaged 24,770 over four home games. Uh, that was just that was more than Montana had 24,677. Um, so Jackson State, biggest home crowds. How about that? Seven of the top 13 attended schools in terms of their home football games in the FCS were HBCUs, historically black colleges, universities. So they're showing up and doing it right. And I think a lot of that is because of the entertainment in the games for 
things outside of football, outside of the game, the band, outside tailgating. They have huge attendance for these neutral site games in the SWAC. Atlanta and places like that, huge attendance for those. So there you go. All right. It's time to continue our countdown of 100 football teams in 100 days leading up to the start of the college season. And today is 54. We're going to work our way down to 54. Today we're 54 days away from the start of the year. But we're going to work our way down. We've got teams to make up because we've been off the air for several days at the weekend. We had a holiday at the end of last week. So right now, let's jump into team number 58, who is actually from the Big 12. You don't necessarily still think of them as a Big 12 team. That's West Virginia, the Mountaineers. West Virginia. Yep, that's her fight song. West Virginia, what did they do last year? Well, they had pretty good last year. They finished the season on a two-game losing streak and then lost their bowl game. So they lost their last three games of last season, but before that, it's a pretty good football team. They started the season 5-1. and one. Three more wins, ran it out to 8-1. and one. They were sitting there at 8-1. and one. They did have a game that got canceled because of weather. So they started the year 8-1, and one, but then ended up on uh, a road loss to Oklahoma State, 45-41, very competitive. A home loss to Oklahoma, 59-56. That put them at 8-3. and three. They didn't get to play 12 games, so they finished the year 8-3. and three. And they were just disinterested and lost to Syracuse 34-18 in the bowl game. Now, no disrespect to Syracuse. It's a good football team. But West Virginia really didn't show up for that one. Okay. Pride of West Virginia, the Mountaineer Marching Band. You know what they do there, though, right? They win a game, a home game at West Virginia. You know what they do. At the end of it, while the teams are shaking hands, all the fans sing along with John Denver. Cool. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. That's West Virginia fans singing along. They have to find a new quarterback this year. Will Greer. The former Florida quarterback, you know, he got booted from Florida because of uh, steroids back when, uh, way back when. Wound up at West Virginia, was really good the last two years at West Virginia. He got drafted in the third round by the Carolina Panthers. So um, they are starting over at quarterback. They're also starting over um, at head coach. Who'd they hire? Did they hire Neil Brown? From Yeah, they hired Neil Brown from Troy. That's what they did. Okay, because Holgerson, Dana Holgerson, who had been the head coach there, 
at West Virginia. He left to go take the Houston job. So Holgerson is now the head coach at Houston. And West Virginia went and hired Neil Brown from Troy. And he was really good at Troy. They won a uh, bowl game. They actually won their fifth straight bowl game. They they won 42-32 to 32 over Buffalo. And right after that, Neil Brown goes to West Virginia. So new head coach, new quarterback, a little bit of a start over for them. And this year's West Virginia schedule. We're talking football right here. They're going to start it off with James Madison. And then week two of the season, West Virginia goes on the road to face Missouri. And the ESPN Football Power Index likes Missouri. Everybody thinks Missouri is going to have a good team this year. They only give, the FPI only gives West Virginia a 15.2% chance of winning at Missouri. In fact, the, the FPI thinks that West Virginia is only, they are better than only two teams in their schedule. They got a left, less than 50% chance against everybody else on the schedule. So it could be a little bit of a start over, but we'll see. New QB and, and all that kind of stuff. We'll see about it. Here's another couple of things uh, about West Virginia. Famous alumni at school. You know some of them. I bet you didn't know that Barney Fife, Don Knotts, went to West Virginia. Of course, Jerry West, the logo back when he played for the Lakers. Jerry West, yeah, he's a West Virginia. Mountaineer, sure is. Uh, and all the rest are kind of like football players. Pat White, uh, Pac-Man, Jones, Steve Slayton. Oh, Steve Harvey. Do you know Steve Harvey? Family Feud, Comedian, Steve Harvey Show. Yep. Steve Harvey went to West Virginia. And last thing. They, uh, Mountaineer mascot. Did you know that the Mountaineer mascot uses a real gun. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's not loaded with actual ammunition, but it is an actual firing rifle. Like if you did load it, it's, you know, you pour the black powder in there. If you put a lead shot down the barrel and packed it in there and pulled the trigger, you're going to shoot somebody. It's a real gun. <laughs> They're just firing off powder whenever you hear those gunshots or see those gunshots at the... <laughs> at the games at West Virginia. True story. All right, so uh, that's team number 58 on the countdown of 100 teams, 100 days. You, coming up, are going to have two more teams we're going to throw at you. One from the SEC, one from the ACC, and teams number 50, 56, 57. We're going to go to the Pac-12 today for team number 55 and wrap it up with a team that, I won't give any more hits, hints than this, but team number 54 is a team that a bunch of y'all are really familiar with. And we'll dive into a little bit of a preview, see if we can come up with anything you don't, you know, already know about said football team. That's all coming up here on the show. All right, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire. Stick around. Stick around. 